the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. What up? Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. Coming at you off the cuff today. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and listening to Relevant Recovery. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We're a nonprofit organization aimed at providing education and support services to people and families struggling with any substance use disorder. And so we use uh, state certified recovery coaches, peer support, IASIS neurofeedback. So if you or a loved one would like any information about our program, give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. Or you can visit matthewshope.org. And as usual, you're listening to us on a Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m., KPRC 950 in the H. That's H-Town. At the end of the day, they will upload this broadcast to all platforms. That is iHeart. Spotify, Spotify, Google, Alexa. Amazon, all of it. Alexa. I was shocked how many Alexa's downloads were on our numbers. That's people that don't want to hit buttons. <laughs> they just. Want... I think it's really cool. Hey, um, okay. Or, or we're on Facebook. Or we're Instagram. on Facebook and Instagram. Yada, but yada, yada. I learned something. Good. Finally, this last week. Um, so you gave me access to our Facebook page because when I was uploading all of our shows to all the different platforms. I needed the pictures and the info off of the Facebook. I am shocked at people on social media. So I was reading some of the comments from our shows Mm -hmm. and there was a show where this guy like did like a paragraph rant about us and how messed up the recovery industry is and people are dying because of you. And I'm like, really? this guy has never listened to our show <laughs> because we are like 100% 12 step. We are 100% about- Does he know I hate the treatment industry? I mean- <laughs> I'm just trying to infiltrate it so I can fix it. <laughs> what I learned is that it's a good thing that I got rid of all social media years ago because I don't have the ability. I just don't. I, I really don't. I would literally want to like do a little look up, see where they live, go visit them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I didn't even know. I am on there all the time. If it gives me a notification, we have a comment, I'll look and read it. But I didn't even know that was there. I never got the notification. Yeah, it's crazy. Like there is a lot of, this is what I think social media breeds. I think there's probably some good points to it, but it breeds a lot of hatred. People have the ability to be like hateful. Hateful 24-7 at their little keyboard. Where they would never do it in person. Yeah, yeah. And the problem, too, is I think it's starting to bleed into society. People are so used to being nasty online that it's starting to bleed into our society. Yeah. So, And, and we're lucky we're here today, by the way. If you're driving in Houston, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I am sorry. It is rough it out pretty, there. It was pretty – I was because you and I drove separately because I came from my corporate office, and you and I were on the phone – 
And uh, people were cutting me off. You were like, were you honking at people? I had to honk at a guy because he almost hit me. He was just going to come over, and I didn't know if he saw me. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Hi. I would let you over. I was letting the other car in front of him over in front of me. (laughs) And uh, people are just so nasty and aggressive. It disgusts me when the the way that they drive. The weird thing is- Not everybody, but a lot of people, especially in Houston. The weird thing is it's the holidays, and people are supposed to be more kind, loving, and tolerant. That's not how it works. They're more selfish and more aggressive. It it is weird like that, right? It's weird. I'm sure there is a wonderful cross-section of society that is more loving, tolerant, kind, patient. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not driving on the 610 (laughs) freeway right now. (laughs) They're all staying home where they are smart and where they belong. Yeah. No, I wanted to talk. You asked me when we, uh, you thought I bought a new cell phone case, and I didn't. I've had this cell phone case for more than a year, but my old cell phone case died yesterday. How does your case die? Rest in peace. How does a case die? I'm a no-caser. I have two iPhones, one for work, one for personal, and I no-case, and people panic. So you give me a lot of anxiety because you have a work phone and a personal phone, and they both don't have any cases That's right. on them. No-case crew. And uh, I am a case person. I'll even go full OtterBox. Don't matter. Like Ugh. I want it protected because no. it brings me so much joy two, three, four years down the road to take it out of the case and turn it into Verizon, and it's perfect. I just, I get so much joy that I'm returning this product <laughs> oh in pristine condition. Like, yeah, that's that's the kind of owner I am. Mine's going to have scratches and <laughs> chips. It already has lots of scratches going in out of my pocket. But what I noticed about people, because you've been doing that for a while with no cases. No case crew. And we found out our producer, Will, here, he doesn't do the case thing either. That's right. And so I think that there is a good probability that y'all are rare and it's not the norm. So if any of our listeners want to go to our Facebook relevant page and and let us know for this episode uh, if you are a case or a no case on your cell phone kind of person. Or go on there and tell us how stupid we are (laughs) and how we're killing people. (laughs) It's either way, you know. But I just think that it's interesting. I, th- I thought everybody got a case. You have to have a case. No. No, not at all. In fact, um, like I said, Will and I are hashtag no case crew at this point. <laughs> We're going to stand together. It, it brings me so much anxiety because I want your phone to be protected like mine. Nope. It's not protected at all. In fact, nothing on my person is protected from many things. <laughs> I just am scared for you. How's your week? Busy. Yeah. Busy. Um, it's been really busy, but good. I'm just, I, I have one of those brains today where my brain is just all tapped out and I got like no ability to really invest in anything. Even than- words, even words. Last night you came home and <laughs> typically every evening you brain dump on me. Brain dump? Yes, you just totally like word let, vomit. Yes, your whole day comes out. I hear what's going on. I hear what Nikki Boo's doing and what Candy Pants is doing. But last night, I was like, "So how's your day?" I have my hand on your back. I'm rubbing your back. I was like, "How's your day?" You're like, "Nope, I don't want to talk about it." I was like, "Was it bad?" You're like, "Nope, I just don't want to talk." I told you I'm talked out. I said yeah. I'm peopled out, and which I'm like, is pretty rare for you to be talked out. <laughs> it's pretty rare. I talk for a living, so. Uh, no, I was just tapped out, and I think someone else was in my office yesterday day 
asking if I was having trouble with words because I was calling everything. I couldn't think, I couldn't recall the words. So it was a thing. I was like, you know, the thing, and you, you put it in the thing. And, and she was like, it was Miranda. She was laughing at me. She's like, are you having trouble with words today? I'm like, my brain, yes. no worky. Yes. My brain, no worky today. Yeah. So, and it's that, it's that time of the year. It's uh, the holiday season upon us. We're ending the year out. Everybody's tired. It's just kind of that start peppering in all those holiday days and just veg. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Howdy. On a sunny, cloudy, cold, rainy, hot, warm. Yep, sunny day because we pre-record, so we have no idea what today <laughs> looks like. Um, it looks joyful. We had whatever. no idea what to talk about today, and so I I text Heather this morning like a list of stuff, and she did a combination. So what do we? Ta- we're going to talk about love and tolerance and drama. Yeah, because yeah, well, it's good combo. You had like a whole little different list of topics, and I so today's show is called "When Love and Tolerance Collide" because I thought that just sounded catchy, but it's about how to be loving and tolerant even like when you're colliding with like someone's drama, which is tough. Um, which in the twelve step world is. A lot of it. And I don't know if the people in the 12-step community um, are predominantly more dramatic than regular folk. Probably not. There's a lot of drama at my work. Yeah, people have drama. And so, um, because that's hard, we we have a call as an individual to always practice love and tolerance of others. Supposedly, it's our code. It's our code and to live by. And I think that being loving and tolerant is very important. It shows love. It shows compassion. It's it. You're meeting someone where they're at and trying to help them grow towards a better future for themselves and on their timeline or God's timeline, you know? It's like, I don't control other people. I don't control outcomes. And it's kind of like why we were joking about the horrible drivers coming in. It's like, you know, how can I be loving and tolerant? When somebody tries to take my front bumper off. Yeah, when they just cut me off. And I was telling you um, yesterday morning on my way to work, um, when I get off at 290 at Tacoma, or Magum, or whatever it is, uh, there's always like some really interesting artwork put together by the man that lives on the corner there. Right. And it's just, it's incredible. I could sit there and look at whatever he puts together. Like, you, you've got to go through that area and see what all he does. He's an artistic dude. I've seen it. But someone, uh, I know my friend had someone who had passed away, and so I was stuck at a stoplight reading a text message. Mm-hmm. And... I was, so I was looking at my phone. Apparently, this woman who was on a corner, I guess, asking for stuff, she was standing there, but I didn't know. I didn't see her. I was reading a text message while I was stopped at the light, and she didn't like, I guess, that I didn't acknowledge her. Mm-hmm. And she goes around my car over to the front fender and, like, hits her hand on my hood, like, tap, 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 and she's like, hey. And so my license plate says, God, though. And mm-hmm. and so she was yelling at me something about God though something about take it take that off your car, and I, I don't know that I would have revealed my license plate on the air. Who knows? Who who cares? <laughs> Anyways, um, I have a lot of guns, people. <laughs> I have a lot of guns. So I rolled down my window and I'm like, I'm proficient with them. I said, can you get away from my car, honey? And so she comes over and she starts ranting at me about. I couldn't even understand her, her situation, something about her being a hairstylist, but, but down on her luck. And, 
You and, mean on meth. And something was going on. And she was trying to give me like her Twitter handle. Like, I didn't understand. What, but I love that homeless people have cell phones, Twitter <laughs> listen, accounts. Listen. So I'm trying to practice love and tolerance. This lady is not in a good mental state, right? Yeah. And so I said, honey, I don't have anything to give you. Like, I don't have any cash on me. Yeah. And she was like, well, you could have said that, couldn't you? And she, then she starts yelling again about my God, though. And like, I need to take that off. And she says, you don't know anything about God, honey. I said, okay, babe, have a nice day. And just rolled my window up. What the funny thing is is that you and I actually hand out a lot of money to homeless yeah. people. Um, but after that's... the way she just treated me, there was no way I was going to do that, even yeah. if I had some on me. But my point is, is the topic is love and tolerance in the midst of drama. Like I, right. I really self-centered nature in that moment. I wanted to defend myself and say, "You have no clue what I know about God, honey. Do you know I was homeless, living in a storage unit seven years ago, and look where God has me now, and that's why I have that plate." Right. Like. But I was like, I've always been taught that my need to defend myself comes from a place of self-centeredness and it's not godly. And and so I just, I was like, you know what? I do not need to justify why my license plate says what it says to this woman. I'm not obligated to do that. So I just told her to have a nice day, honey, and I, a very nice tone. And I rolled up my window and the light turned and I went. But yeah. it, it like hurt my feelings that she treated me that way. And so there's all kinds of drama that comes up and I'm supposed to turn the other cheek and be loving and tolerant. The but- problem is <laughs> gossip is awesome. Gossip. Right? I mean, it draws you in. Like somebody's like, Hey, did you hear about so and so? And I know that I'm supposed to say no and we probably shouldn't talk about it. But that's hard to say. Because I kind of want to know about so and so, and the problem is that once you hear it, you are now involved. And and I have, over my ten years of sobriety, have gotten involved in some things that have caused me to have to go make amends. Yeah. Um, you remember a few years ago, um, my buddy Ben was having some trouble, and somebody was like, "Hey, have you talked to Ben?" And I'm like, "No." Nah. Kind of disappeared doing what he does. Well, that got back to him. Mm. Um, and it upset him, and oh, yeah. I can see why. What I should have said is, no, I haven't seen him in a bit. He's probably busy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to make it clear that that maybe he's not doing okay and why I needed to do that. I don't know. Right. I don't know. It's probably a pride thing or an ego thing. Like, um, he's doing really good, by the way. Yeah. Um, I love that dude. Um, but, you know, he called me up. He's like, hey, man, did you say this? I'm like, I did. I did. And, and I tried to explain and really... Uh-uh, the need to defend yourself yeah, is not what I, what I really owed him and what I said to him is, you know, I'm sorry that I did that. Yeah, yeah. But that has been sort of the the repeated infraction over 10 years. Now, it's way less today than ever. Are you sure about that? I think so. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Well, you I, have to fight that urge because when there's drama, you have to think about all the things we want to do as a human, right? So one of our instincts is community, and one of the things I want to do as a human is, number one, I want to hear the drama. Maybe I have an opinion. I have opinions ready to go at all times. But the other other way to look at it in from a gossip point is a lot of times you may be, someone may be really concerned about that person. Have you heard? Do you know what's going on with them? Do, is right. there an update? And it's not like from a malicious intent. It's like, hey, let's help that person. Or, you know, you have right. to be real careful even navigating those kind of conversations. Well, getting pulled into the drama is the, the big fail. Yeah. Right? So the problem is that once I engage in the conversation, there's a good chance I'm getting pulled in. 
Yeah. Um, I think the best I've ever handled anything. There's been a couple. There's been a few things. Um, I'm going to talk very broad. Uh, maybe Would you I'll, call me? <laughs> maybe I'll make some <laughs> names up. But there is not that long ago, there is a, a friend of ours in, in the fellowship who got in some trouble. And, and people wanted to have opinions, and I'm like, I ain't having it. Yeah. I, I was able to navigate that one very well and say, I don't have an opinion. And in fact, I defended that person, mm-hmm. right? Because that person engaged in some things that I have absolutely engaged in. And that is one of the problems, is that when somebody's having drama, uh, even though I may have engaged in the same thing in the past, you I will- You want to crucify them. I want to judge them. Yeah. I want to judge them. There's been, you know, there's been men- in the fellowship in the past that have engaged in nefarious behavior with women while being attached. And I wanted, well, I went through mine at four and a half years sober. So let's say in years five through 10, early on, there was times that I wanted to engage in that and have an opinion. But then when I realized is how dare I have an opinion? Because you are guilty of it too in the I past. I did it. Yeah. I did it. And you know what? The most, one of the most important friends I have in my life is Matt. And when I called Matt, my life was like, in, in the, the tank. Oh, it was in the tank. And I called him and I was pretty upset. I, I might even been crying. And um, I said, you know, because a lot of fellowship turned their back on me. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we are all defective, they turned their back. And so I called him. I told him what happened. He goes, hey, dude, I love you. Yeah. He goes, I don't have an opinion about it. And he goes, maybe you just needed to do that to get the experience to learn it. Yeah. And, and, and it was really what I needed at that time. Mm-hmm. It was a bad, you know. I created a lot of drama. So then you fast forward, how dare I have an opinion about anyone who's going through that same sort of drama? I have an example of uh, someone uh, who showed me extreme love and tolerance. And and I'll try to give like the short version of this because I know we got to go to a break in just a minute. But um, when I was trying to get sober in Kerrville, um, I had probably been kicked out of six or seven different sober houses at different times Mm -hmm. over the course of a year. Um, but one house in particular, the lady that owned that house, I had lived there a couple times, and well, she had kicked me out uh, three times. Well, hold on. Hold on to that thought, because we're going to oh, okay. run to break here. Okay. Uh, let's not create some drama around your story. <laughs> we'll be right back with Donnie and Heather on Relevant Recovery Radio. Recovery Radio with your hosts Heather and Donnie Hi. on a Sunday afternoon in the year 2027. <laughs> what? Well, it just depends. That maybe they're listening to this way later. <laughs> okay. They just picked our show up. They found it on Spotify and they're checking us out. Well, hopefully our podcast is still around 2027, and we're talking no, about people lo- will definitely get tired of us by <laughs> then. About love. I'll be. We'll be lucky if it's here at the end of 2023. We're talking about practicing love. I and want you to tolerance. go back in that story. I will in the midst of drama. Because so, I want to, I want, go ahead. I'm given my example of when I was the drama and someone that showed me love and tolerance. And this, this had a really profound effect on the trajectory of my life. And so what I was saying is I'd been kicked out of uh, several, like maybe six or seven sober houses in Kerrville. And one house had to kick me out three different times. And the reason they had to kick me out is because I was relapsing and using drugs and alcohol in the home, the sober homes. Is that, is that not allowed? It's not allowed at all. Frowned upon? Frowned upon. And so like Thanks legit, a lot, Bin Laden. I, I wasn't like a victim here. Um, I was just, I just couldn't get sober. 
I could yeah. not get sober. And so I hope you do someday. I really do. <laughs> I'm sober now. So anyway. Oh. I'm sober today. I thought you were talking emotionally. No. no Honey, that, you're that, gonna people are gonna think you're being serious and then I'm newly sober. Oh no no no. Physically you are as sober as you can be for seven and a half years. I'm talking about emotionally. <laughs> Anyways, let me tell my story. I didn't interrupt your stupid Matt story. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um. So, what happened? What had happened was, is I got kicked out a lot, and so I go to treatment for my fifth and final rehab, and they were trying to get me to decide where to go, and I was just thought I thought I burned all my bridges in when Kerrville. You, when you get out of rehab. When I get out of rehab. Yeah, they wanted to figure out where you're going to go. When you I get thought out. I burned all my bridges in Kerrville, and I was going to have to just try in Austin or somewhere else I hadn't been yet. And I, I went to a meeting, and I ran into the lady who owned the house that had kicked me out three times. Mm-hmm. And long story short, she came up and hugged me, and she said, uh, I'm glad you're in treatment. I pray for you. And she asked me, um, when do you get out? And I said, Friday. And she goes, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I'm homeless. And she goes, listen, I just had one bed that became available last night in my house. Do you want me to save it for you? And I said, yeah, but I don't have any money. And she said, that's okay. I know you're good for it. And she said, Heather, I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And I want to give you another chance. And so that woman extended grace to me that I did not deserve uh, for a fourth time. And then what would you do to her? And, And so I move into this house and... Um, I actually stayed sober. I worked all the steps and she made me assistant manager by two months sober. She made me the manager by three months sober. She made me an operations director of both of her properties. And I stayed there till like nine months, you know, and it, so that's my, I'm wanting to show an example of, I did not deserve another chance. But she was loving and tolerant of you. She was loving and tolerant of me. It's a good thing no drama happened after that. (laughs) I still brought drama to the table later. That's what? a whole different thing. Um, but my point is, is we're still good Facebook friends today. She's doing well. I'm doing well. And I'm very grateful for her in my life because um, that was a lesson that I learned of love and tolerance. She had no reason to think my experience in her house a fourth time was going to be any different than the previous three times. Right. And we, we also have, you have people around you that... They're, okay, so we are all on this spiritual road together, shoulder to shoulder, but we're in different places spiritually. Of spiritual maturity. It's all over the gamut. And what's hard is when you have somebody who is on the same road with you, but they're not in the same place, and they're doing some things that are very irritating. Yeah. Or they're being dramatic. or they're So how can I just love them, mm-hmm. not gossip about them? Mm-hmm. Um, be tolerant of where they are. Like that, that is the problem to be able to do that. Because I can say we have a, we roll with a big group and you and I don't always do good at that. Yeah. I it's think it's so. hard. It's hard to be because. A lot of personalities, you know, there's always going to be some sort of conflict when you have that many personalities, um, whether they're in the 12 steps or not, you know, when we have, we have like 20, 25 people that are sober together that we hang out with quite frequently. Mm-hmm. We call our little group the chosen family, you know, and and it can be a lot of personalities. And I think at the core, we all love each other very much. Mm-hmm. I think that there is... A, I'm iffy on most of them most days. <laughs> there's, you know, a dozen people that if I called them at 3 a.m. and I needed help, they'd come, they'd show up. You too, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and I hope they, they know that about us, that when people call us, yeah, we're there. We'll come help. The, but do but, you think part of the problem is pride? So 
when somebody is causing drama, right, whether it's in your friend group or in your just your 12-step fellowship or whatever, somebody's causing drama, they are trifling. I either get sucked into it and then I have to make amends and get out um, or I detach with love or disassociate completely from that person and I just have nothing to do with that person. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out with my each individual relationship that middle ground. But where I think pride plays into it is let's say we got somebody being dramatic and they're causing some ripples. Um, and I think there's something inside of me that says, hey, you have the cure. You should fix them. You should give them advice. You should give them opinion. You should give them experience. They didn't ask for it. Right. Right. And, and by doing that, by thinking I have the answer, I draw myself into it. So my first sponsor um, taught me a cool lesson about boundaries with that um, because <laughs> I was sponsoring a lot of people at, at the beginning and uh, you know, when you're sponsoring, uh, well, you don't sponsor girls, but if you were sponsoring girls, uh, what you'd find is when someone is newly sober, a lot of times they'll send you those girl texts that's like all these paragraphs of stuff. Mm-hmm. I got know? some of those from guys. And, uh, and so uh, my sponsor said that she had a rule that the sponsee doesn't text the sponsor until after the fifth step. Mm. Uh, other than, hey, we're we meeting today to confirm that or we're like an appointment or something like that. And she's like, it forces them to call you and then you can better with like correct, you know, um, what's it called? Inflection, like mm-hmm. the, the concern of, of, of projecting the questions. Of, yeah, because you can't do it in text. Right. And that can be misunderstood easily. Well, because you hit on something else there is so you have the, the fellowship, your friends, but then you have the drama of your sponsees, the people that you are sponsoring. And I can't tell you how many times it happened in the early four, five, six years. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody's newly sober, they're going through some drama. Their life oh, it, is drama. Oh, crazy that first year. Right? And how many times I would kind of get sucked into it. And I don't know that it's more of a love intolerance or more of just, like, it has the ability to drain you emotionally. Yeah. I was so <laughs> wackadoodle. I remember fighting with my ex-boyfriend for, like, the upteenth time that week. But I, I, here's how much drama I was. I called his sponsor to make sure his sponsor knew oh, wow. <laughs> what he was doing. I've had a few of those phone calls. <laughs> I've had a few of those phone calls. <laughs> and the sponsor shut me down, you yeah, know? The a good sponsor, one will. The sponsor would not engage what I was doing. And uh, and I'll forever be grateful for that learning experience. Well, and a good sponsor, uh, let's say that your, your name is Linda, Linda, Whoa. and you sponsor Susan. Oh, that's the yeah. devil duo. Right. So... Um, <laughs> And I know that Susan's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And if I come to you and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm just concerned. It's true concern. Susan's mm-hmm. in trouble. What's a good sponsor going to respond with? Don't bring it to me. It's not my business. Not my business. Unless Susan brings it to me, it's not my business. Right. And so that's something that I think the rest of the normal world does not understand as our rule in the 12-step world, that if I'm working with someone, I'm the sponsor, I only operate off of and address what the sponsee brings to me. Yeah. And so I do not want someone else that knows that person to bring me information that that they don't bring to me. Because then I have to shut it down or pretend like I don't know it because it's not applicable to my work with them. Here's the worst. I was probably two or three years sober. I'm sponsoring, uh, we'll call him Joe. And I'm having a a get-together at the house. And Linda 
is sponsoring Joe's wife. Okay. Linda blurts out that the wife has had been practicing infidelity. Mm-hmm. And I was, I literally said to that person, how dare you? Like, how dare you say that now you've given me information that I don't want? That's none of my business. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first times in sobriety that I started to recognize what's my business and what's not. And I think that's the core of it. I think that what is my business? What role do I play in this person's life? And that's different if you're a sponsor versus a friend right. versus uh, an acquaintance in fellowship versus, you know, a church acquaintance or a right. family member, like a blood family member. Like, what is the role God's assigned me in this person's life? And how can I be loving and tolerant of all people, regardless of where they are or how, are not spiritually? How many times have you and I gotten irritated over somebody's spiritual arrogance? A lot. And how many times have you and I practiced spiritual arrogance? A lot. <laughs> right? We get mad at big book thumpers in meetings because we were... Big book thumpers. Right. Try to tell people how to do it. You rang be... the bell on me last night, bro. I did ring the bell on you. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was amazing. Explain to our listeners what it means to ring the bell on somebody. So um, when you are in a meeting and you're sharing out of respect... You're going to share for three or four minutes. But when you hit the seven-minute mark last night and people were starting to squirm in their seats. Six and a half. We'll discuss this during break. Don't go <laughs> you anywhere. shut me down. We'll be right back with <laughs> Heather and Donnie Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. Uh, 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 I just got to point this out. We were talking about before that you weren't, that you rang the bell on me and shut me down last night. Well, and so and you were going way over. So I feel like you were not loving and tolerant of me last night. Do you know why? Because the other guys were not loving and tolerant of me and nope. they were giving you googly eyes. Nope. Who was the last person to get shut down in our meeting? I'm not going to say a name, but do you remember that guy? Uh, the other yeah. guy shut me how could we let him get shut down for sharing too long, but not, not you? Not me. Yeah, you got to hold me to the same standard of everybody. I right. get that. I and, can't have special treatment. And what was happening is you were starting to go in that loop. You were starting to go in a share loop. You were starting to I share. I was stuck in the matrix. You were. You were in a loop. Listen, um, there was a lot of newcomers. I ha- I was reiterating myself on purpose. You thought you were teaching a class. Listen, that's what but I do for a living. Okay, but this is apropos to exactly what we're talking about. And that is the idea, right? Somebody comes to you with drama somebody is involving you in drama there is a certain arrogance that either i know what needs to be done i'm going to tell you Mm -hmm. or pride or ego that i'm better than all these people then you have the other side of that coin somebody is engaged in drama somebody brings me drama and i want to hear about it i want to be involved in it i want to spill the tea i want them to spill the tea uh, for all of our listeners over 12 years old, that means get the information, I think. People know what spill the tea means. I didn't know it until recently. You're not on social media. Oh. Everybody on social media knows what spill the tea means. And so what we found is that... Hey, is this the last segment? It is. Okay. What we have found in our experience, and it doesn't mean that we've stopped doing it or that yeah, it'll never wanna, happen again. I want to be real clear that I think you and I are both very alpha personalities, dominant personalities. Mm. 
and and you and I are bu- far from not being perfect at being loving and tolerant all the time. We, we we make mistakes and we learn lessons and we try wait, wait, to. We're far from not being. Per- we are far from perfect. Whatever. Listen. Listen, Oklahoma. Linda. <laughs> <clears throat> and and so the the deal is that. So we've talked about the problem. The problem is that I get drawn into drama and I end up making amends. I get drawn into drama and I hear things that are not my business. Information that in the end, so I really someone, don't belong having. If someone comes to you and tries to say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? What is like two different canned responses someone could use to shut them down and redirect it politely? Well, my instinct is, no, what happened? That's not what I asked you. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, my first canned response is... If I'm in a good spiritual spot, is that it's it's not my business. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that thing happen roughly a year ago, where a couple of members. I mean, this is everybody has this information. This is not secret. Uh, a couple of members of the family got into a relationship. Yeah, and everybody had an opinion on this relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna. They got married, by the way, but <laughs> and they're doing great. It's not gonna last. Yeah. I can't believe they're doing this. And I think you will back me on this, that I held the line. I wasn't listening to the drama. I wasn't participating in it. In fact, I was saying, hey, I don't know what God's plan is for these two, and it's not my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did really great. And I think that that's the key is trying to – the reason we did great during that is because that was you and I five years ago. People said we weren't going to make it. People said we weren't going to make it. People said we would never last. They were just off by 10 years. People had a lot of opinions and turned their backs away from you and 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 all of that right. when when you started dating me because I was newly sober ish and all the stuff that you were going through. You were personally. eighteen months. That's kind of newly sober, but anyways, oh, okay. you were five years, and so it looked like the thirteenth step. And if you don't know what the thirteenth step is, Google it's good. it. <laughs> and uh, My really, step. I, I was more spiritual than you, even though our time sober was different. And uh, but I'll concede to that. I think that that is why we were able, because we had personal experience mm-hmm. around being attacked or on the receiving end of that when you and I were there. And so I think that that's why we navigated that in a very neutral way. Because here's here's one thing my sponsors always taught me when it comes to drama. She was, anytime I bring any drama to her, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like, oh, my boss this, or oh, work that, or oh, this sponsor this. doesn't matter. She was like, cool, why aren't you in a position of neutrality around them? Ooh, solution. Why, why am I not neutral to them? Why do you let drivers on Houston roads affect your serenity? Why do you give them that power? Because they work the hand of the devil. <laughs> no. When I drive, it drives you crazy because I'm so chill. You'll I, leave like five link car links between you and the car I in do, front of you. I, That's yep. disrespectful to all the other drivers who are trying to I get somewhere. I am chill. Drivers cannot disturb my serenity unless they're hammering on my hood telling me to give them money and telling me to take she my license. She took your serenity. Like, That's right. It, it bothered me. It hurt my little feelers. Look, I have two. I have two feelers, and she has both about of this? them. How about this? So when somebody comes to me and wants to pull me into the drama. What could you say? Right? You, you set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Either it's not my business. You can even or... be honest. You can be like, actually, I'd really love to know what the tea is, but I know that I would, I would entertain gossip, so please don't tell me. There's like one. you could be yeah. that honest. How about just being loving and tolerant? Here's what I have found. When somebody is doing something that I don't like, um, you know, Step six and seven are really about humility. Step six and seven are really about the definition that I was told is that humility is knowing who I am honestly 
but being willing to become what God wants me to become. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to somebody acting a certain way when I, and I don't like it, right? It offends me. It's ugly. It's gross. What I'm finding is the best course of action for me is to quickly get into some self-honesty and go, when have I done that? Mm-hmm. When have I done that to them or to others? Realization, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. And if, if I can look at when I have done that, because I have participated in all of it. Yeah. I have a little trick, a, a, a mental inventory of exactly that. And so when, um, in fact, someone in Kerrville taught me this. So, okay, so when someone's doing something you don't like, mm-hmm. you say, what kind of person does that? So that way you can write down the, the defects of that person. What kind of person does that? Okay. They're a gossip. They're judgmental. They're cheating. They're whatever. You know, mm-hmm. what kind of person does that? So then you got some defects. Okay, where have I had those defects? Mm-hmm. Where have I ever done anything similar to those defects at any point in my life? Right. And if you really do, honestly, do that mental exercise. It's a quick, humbling process where you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> I've done all that at some other point in my life or even last week. Well, and where I've really <laughs> turned the corner is... You and I love our basic text of our fellowship. We absolutely love it. Like all the answers come from there. I don't need to add, deviate, change. It's perfect the way it was written 80-something years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, But we have both been through phases where we hated certain meetings because they were as far away from that basic text as they could get. They're spouting garbage. They're talking about their dead cat, whatever, instead of bringing solution and trying to help the newcomer, they're just bleh, right? So because I've been through that, I can be loving and and, and I'm honest about it. I've been through that twice in my sobriety, once early on, and then later around five years, I went through it again where I was real judgmental about everybody. Mm -hmm. So now- When are you going to outgrow that? I don't know that it'll ever outgrow. (laughs) But, But now- Here's the thing. There is no meeting too dirty for me. There's no meeting too grimy for me. I'll go to any meeting yeah. because I understand a little better that whatever's said in that room, I may not like it, but somebody may hear something they need to hear. Yeah. Maybe it's not for you. Right. And because I get the opportunity now to bring solution, this gross meeting where they're spouting whatever has now given me the opportunity to share what the book has. It's yeah. given me opportunity to share that. And so when people are talking bad about meetings or whatever, I don't judge them because I've been there. I get yeah. it. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of a, a deal um, with a lot of the people that roll in the community. Yeah. I used to only go to like certain kinds of meetings. I'll go to any meeting now. Uh, I have like what I like. I have like a certain flavor. You go to one meeting. Um, I go to other meetings sometimes, speaker meetings. Okay. And, and I'm not a fan of speaker meetings, right. personally. Well, you go to speaker meetings when our friend is speaking. Yeah, or me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, you are your favorite voice. I am. I, yeah. Your words are your favorite. <laughs> but I think that's, to, to, to sum it up, but if you're having trouble with love and tolerance, first of all, you need to set boundaries and not engage in gossip, no matter how juicy or how much you want to, right? Yeah. You can and then ask yourself, where have I done anything similar in the past? Be self-honest. Yeah. And look at your own buffoonery over the years. Where have I done these exact same things? How dare I judge this other person for doing the same thing I've already done? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think that if we just love and have tolerance for people, it gives them space to grow or change or not. But we at least are loving to them no matter what. That's right. And we grow from that. Yep. So. And then I, yeah. So don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Thank you for listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hashtag God, though.